So, just gives you a little hint. It's short. And now, my good friend, Sheriff Jerry Buckley Story Series, and um, Bob is going to be telling us and uh, reading some of the things. And let me tell you about our sheriff back there. Should have your hat on. <laughs> Jerry Berkeley stories are written by Bob Schaefer. The author has worn many hats and worked in many different occupations. Many of his experiences are reflected in his books. Keep in mind, however, the books are fiction. No one did which was what was alleged in the book, unless, of course, they did. <laughs> Betty, the author's wife, says, Bob can't keep a job. He has had a few. His occupations include licensed embalmer, horse wrangler, army combat medic in Vietnam, commercial pilot, attorney at law, justice of the peace, Wyoming State Insurance Commissioner, school teacher, junior and senior high, <laughs> retired lieutenant colonel, United States Air Force Reserves, and retired domestic relations judge, district court commissioner. Bob is working on two full-length books, Raven and the Judge, the third book in the Sheriff Jeffrey Buckley stories, Berkeley stories, and Billy Grubb, a standalone Western in the 1870s. Several short stories, mostly law enforcement, will be published as Badges Get Kent. Betty and Bob live with Dusty, Bob's service dog, who's over there in the corner being good on their ranch east of Cheyenne, Wyoming, and vacation in Casa Grande, Arizona at the G. Diamond Ranch. Betty and Bob have two daughters and five grandchildren. Let's welcome Bob. I don't have to tell you, but my name's Bob Schrader. <laughs> I write about a fictional sheriff in a fictional county in Wyoming. <laughs> drawn from some experience, right? <laughs> it's been fun. Uh, I started writing on that book, the first one, Jerry's Story, back in 1986. <laughs> Took me until two years ago to finish it. <laughs> I didn't put it under the bed, though. I put it on the top shelf. But it sat there for a long time. Finally, my wife said, why don't you get it out and do something with it? Put some of your military in it. So I added some military to the beginning, the end, changed the middle, played around with it. Because the first agent that I had thought it was a great book, but it was too short and he didn't like the ending. That we didn't either. So I kind of revamped all of that. And uh, I was kind of still dragging my feet. One of my former commanding officers said, why don't you finish the darn thing? And I said, okay, sir, I'll do that. Will you let me use your name in my book? Because like many of you, I like to use the people that uh, I know, not that they end up looking anything like what they, they really are, but uh, uh, it gives me somebody to look at in my mind to think about when I'm, when I'm writing about them. And Colonel Burke said, sure, go for it. So I did, and gee, that, that worked out pretty good, so I asked some more people. And I end up with quite a list of, uh, of folks that would uh, be willing to kind of let me use their personalities and their names and their, their characters and kind of fit it in. Uh, that universe kind of took on a life of its own. 
working on the boat, developing the characters, became addictive. You know, I, I started writing this, didn't work real hard at it, but then it became addictive. My wife will tell you I sit up nights now doing that, and I probably shouldn't be. My most significant problem was I didn't know where the book was going. I still don't until I finish writing it. <laughs> it uh, just comes to mind and it changes as I go along. And uh, I'll have a what I think is a plot outlined in my mind or even on paper. And I get part way through it and I suddenly find out that my pencil isn't going that direction. It went somewhere else. One of those drifts and directions came when my granddaughter said, Papa, will you put me in your next book? <laughs> what grandfather can turn that down? <laughs> Putting on her name on a character wasn't hard, but she made it more difficult because she wanted to be her mother's daughter in the book, and her mother was already in the book <laughs> and as a newlywed deputy sheriff. <laughs> And I just couldn't work out the age difference between a newborn and a 10-year-old. So she ended up being an orphan. Uh, her, she and her parents were in an airplane crash. And she got tossed out and her parents didn't live through it. But she did. She wandered off the mountain and uh, kind of became the main character in the book. It kind of kept going along. Uh, One of those plot changes I didn't know about. <laughs> but I'm a papa and papas solve problems. So Brenna with two ends, and she'll be the first to tell you it's two ends. Had a friend that uh, gave her a bad time about that. He'd tease her that Brenna was spelled with just one end. No, it's Brenna with two ends. <laughs> so in the book she became Brenna with two ends. And then there was a dog that got in the act. It wasn't this one. Some people said this book was an autobiography, but let me tell you, it's not. Uh, not about me at all. I'm a character in the book, and they find that out after they get in a few chapters, that, oops, we're following the wrong trail. And they were. I didn't do any of that stuff. I was a medic. You know, I, I didn't do that weird stuff, uh, at least most of it. And... Uh, kept on going and going and going. But people began to ask me, why are you using people with other people? Or why are you making up your characters using real people's names? I said, because I can. <laughs> if I can picture them, it's easier to do it. And the part I'm going to read to you today uh, is an excerpt that is called, uh, the, the chapter is called uh, Mortuary Memories. The fellow that's the uh, the main character in this part of it uh, uh, was a funeral director in Balmer that I worked with and for my dad's funeral home. And uh, I was a poor little kid that grew up in a mansion, drove Cadillacs on his dates, because uh, that's all they had around. But uh, Mr. Hayes uh, is deceased, but he was my mentor one time. So please come with me to my alternate world as I tell you a little bit about something that's all familiar, but all fiction. Mr. Hayes was a stately gentleman. 
His hair was white, but neatly styled and combed. He wore a pinstripe suit with a handkerchief in the breast pocket, which matched his dark red tie. He explained, San Francisco College of Mortuary Sciences is a respected embalming school in San Francisco, California. Probably the best school of its sort in the United States. They have a president called Claude Grimm. <laughs> and if that isn't enough, they have a dean of men named Dale W. Sly. The humor was not lost on the students. The curriculum is 12 months old, or 12 months in length and demanding. And graduates can work almost anywhere. Sergeant Falls dismissed the last detail of box movers. Let's see if Mr. Hayes has some more golf st or ghost stories for us. David Steezen, Isaac Alzati, and Attilio Bernardo thought that was a good idea. The four deputies made their way to the basement area where Bud Hayes maintained a desk, if not an office. Gentlemen, what can I do for you today? Mr. Hayes began Jack Falls. We've completed the file moving operation. The four of us were wondering if you had any more stories from the past to impart. Of course I do. I'm retired with very little to do. Pull up a place to sit. Mr. Hayes removed his suit coat carefully hung it upon a wooden hanger and placed it in the closet. Bud loosened the tie around his neck, unfastened the top button of his sharply pressed shirt, and made himself comfortable in his desk chair. Let's see. As I recall, we were talking about young people who lived in this old mansion when it was named Mountain Shadows Funeral Home. Yes, sir, Atelio answered. You called him Master Bart. Yes, young Master Barton. He was alive while as a youngster. He became a skilled embalmer. Later, he became a respected medical doctor. Recall Mr. Hayes. Isaac Alzati objected. But you were going to tell us about this joint being haunted. Isaac, this fine mansion was never a joint. And I, said, I only said it was haunted in my memories. Pay attention, Alzati, suggested Sergeant Falls. That is, in fact, what Mr. Hayes related to us. Sorry, my poor language skills. That statement all made them all laugh heartily. Mr. Hayes leaned back in his soft chair and again placed his highly polished Oxfords on the desktop. That's okay, gentlemen. Bart was sure a ghost named Herman sat on his closet shelf and watched over him. I never saw Herman, so I wouldn't know if this joint is haunted. Bud's comment brought another chorus of laughter. Mr. Hayes continued, There was once a newly married couple who occupied the building at night. The husband was an embalmer who responded to requests for removal of human remains from hospitals, homes, traffic accidents, and the like. The wife thought there were ghosts. At least the first time she was left alone in the building at night while her groom went on a removal call. Why was that, Mr. Hayes, Atilio queried? When her husband backed the funeral coach out of the garage, he didn't get the door shut all the way. That door banged in the wind the entire time he was gone. She just knew the poultices were coming after her. How'd that work out, Jack Falls drawled. After her loving spouse got her calmed down, Bud paused to relight his cigar, take a drag on it, blew out a perfect smoke ring. He told her what all deputies should know. 
don't worry about dead people. It's the live ones that can hurt you. Yeah. Roger that, said Jack Falls and Dave Stevenson, almost in unison. Let me make visit the men's, and I'll tell you two short stories about Master, young Master Barton during his tenure at Mountain Shadows. Everyone took a break. Budley relit his cigar and stood facing his enraptured audience. Bud was enjoying his role as a storyteller. His audience was fascinated by his ancient history recollections. I assume you've all seen the small room on the second floor across from the elevator and the stairs. The four deputies sounded like an echo chamber. What elevator? Bud chuckled and pointed to a pair of side-by-side -side doors behind the deputies. Inside the doors is an elevator that gives basement, ground, first and second floor access. All floors except the last level you carried the files. The facial expression of the four pile box movers is they each came to realize the elevator would have saved them enormous work or more than Bud could suppress. He laughed until he had tears in his eyes. Bud used some tissues to dry his tears and started chuckling again. All four deputies joined in Bud's hilarity. Mr. Hayes regained his professional stance. As I was about to explain, the little room was called the cold room because it had no fireplace. It did, however, become Master Barton's room. Eventually, Master Bart discovered how to lower the crib side. He then learned to crawl out of his bed and roam the mansion. One night, his parents discovered he was missing from his crib. Bart was found on the first level. He'd pulled or pushed a chair next to a casket containing a dead human body lying in state. That gentleman was dressed in a suit and tie. Bart had a glass of water and using his fingers was flicking water on the gentleman's face <laughs> in the hopes that he would awake and play with him. <laughs> Isaac said, but no ghost? Depends on how you believe ghosts operate, responded mm -hmm. Mr. Hayes. Master Bart's next great display convinced his parents to move out of Mountain Shadows Funeral Home into a home of their own. Ghost? Coincidence? I don't know. What'd the kid do, asked Attilio. Mr. Hayes took a sip from his glass and inquired, you know how a torsier lamp looks? It has a base, great post, usually with a round up tilted bowl. The lights inside. <coughs> but Hayes painted word picture for his audience. You're quietly seated in the funeral chapel. The first hymn was sung. The minister begins to speak. Then screaming sounds overhead. Someone pounding up the front stairs to the second floor. Finally, a huge crashing sound. High voices and a child crying. Silence resumes. The minister continues his sermon. Was all that commotion the sound of ghosts or a mischievous child? Before any of the deputies could respond, but I'm standing on someone standing on the base of the tall lamp, rocking back and forth, and mud jumped to one side and yelled, "Kabang!" As the deputies realized Bart had tilted the ornate lamp back and forth until it, out of Bart's control, fell over, Mr. Hayes received a standing ovation from his small audience as they applauded Bud's performance. 
Thanks, Mr. Hayes. I think I understand ghosts much better now, said Attilio. Now, you can share my ghosts in your memories, Mr. <laughs> Hayes told me. You know, it's kind of tough to be the last one to come up here because a great bunch of people uh, are here tonight. And for those of you that don't write, uh, there's something very interesting about authors you, you should know. We're not competitors in the sense of trying to beat each other out, uh, get the sale over somebody else. Almost every author I've ever met is more than willing to go out of their way to help you, to give you good advice. You may not agree with them, but they <laughs> they give you a lot of it. And, uh, lots of us group together and try and help each other out. And uh, it's a real pleasure to know other authors. It's been a real mind-blowing experience. Anybody have any questions? To our, our fearless leader, the dictator of the world, <laughs> we owe her a great deal of thanks, too. the next set of authors. We'll have Rod Collin, Jane Toss, Suzanne Perry, excuse me, Wendy Landers, and Tom Betts will be here tomorrow. Same time, same setup, same me. Um, so anyways, but thank you very much for coming. I really appreciate it, and I know the authors really appreciate it. Again, if you want to purchase anything, um, to get the books from the authors and then to go see the friends to actually make the transaction and make sure you take the cookie on the way up. <laughs> Thank you very much. Sorry you just kind of Jenna just dumped that on people. Uh, tomorrow I'll get a little bit of video, but I'll kind of like warn people. Like I'll be here earlier tomorrow. Because yeah, I'll be here earlier, so oh, I can so that I can warn people because okay. uh, father can still focus. You know, okay, so that's that fine. I need um I can't the uh -huh. and take the setup. Uh -huh. So I got here at uh -huh. four. Yeah, I know it's an hour. It took like.